What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernishan, joined as always by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouter, the best co-host in the business, Devin the Verified Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, man? Not too bad, man. Um, Monday morning, you know, had a very, I would say, it was, it was a very disappointing weekend of college NFL football. Um, a lot of teams didn't live up to their expectations. We had a few teams top teams lose um it was a it was an interesting weekend for for ranked teams um a lot of them just flat out lost you know yeah. didn't expect that um but you know has some really good storylines uh arkansas man probably we, the top we'll storyline top we'll storyline of the season so sure. far um but other than that man, man pretty good not yeah, too bad we're recording this one a little bit earlier on Monday morning. I have a cable technician coming in uh, between noon and five, so I have to be ready for him to eventually show up, uh, which, yeah, um, most of Saturday I had no TV or Internet. Now I have TV and Internet, but one of my wireless receiver just doesn't want to work. My wired one does, so I can watch anything I record, but my wireless one doesn't recognize that it's connected to the same loop which is always great. I can watch television on it. I just can't pause. I can't fast forward. I can't access anything I've recorded. It's a mess. So I have to get someone to fix that. Um, but yeah, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about, like you said, a, a frankly uninspiring week of college football. Let's talk about Friday's games. Um, our game, or sorry, our, um, our uh, podcast came out about five minutes after kickoff of this one. This was uh, number 17 SMU. At Tulane, and no, Devin, Tulane did not get that ass whooped like you thought they would. 37-34, Shane Bouchelle, 23-37, 384, and two touchdowns. Tulane stuck with them, man. I was very surprised by that. Um, I did not see that coming. In the words of uh, Stephen A. Smith, I did not see that coming at all. Um, but Tulane, like a lot... Like I said, I, I I thought if the game was closer, Tulane was going to blow it somehow, and they did. <laughs> Had the ball first in overtime and threw an interception. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, Shane Michelle looked pretty good, man. Uh, he he looked pretty good, even though he doesn't have his top target once again this year uh, after injury. Looked pretty good. He was he was dealing, but they escape with the win, stay undefeated, stay alive for a possible uh New Year's Six bowl. So we'll see what happens with that. It's going to come down between SMU and Cincinnati it looks like. So hey, hey, you know who else could fit into that? It's BYU. 14th in the country on the road in Houston. Zach Wilson 25 of 35, 400 yards, four touchdowns. Three of which came to Dax Milne. It's Milne, right? Yeah. Who went for nine for 184 and three touchdowns. BYU just keeps whipping ass. Uh, Zach Wilson, he's legit. He's not a gimmick. He's legit. Um, I am curious to see when it comes down to measurement time whether or not he does come in at that 6-3 he's listed at because he doesn't look it. But, man, he's just he's dealing right now. Yeah, um, like I was said on Twitter, man, right now he is probably the leading candidate to be QB4 at this point. Um, Did you see that graphic? 
The one yeah. that had him as yeah, PV2. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, man, Andre Ware, I understand what he did for Houston. He's a great quarterback, but look, man, I I disagree. But, you know, everybody has their own assessments or whatnot. But like I said in, in our group message, people forgetting jo- Justin Fields exists. You know, they are penalizing him for something that's out of his control. So, um, Although I, remember next week is because the big we'll we'll talk about this uh, later in the week whenever we do record. Uh, but yeah, the Big Ten is back this coming week. Yeah, they are back. Um, I think it's time people stop, you know, uh, <laughs> disrespecting, you know, disrespecting everything that uh, he has worked for. So it, it's it's very very interesting to see how it's unfolding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was the Friday slate. Let's let's talk about Saturday and e- the way I'm looking at it. ESPN is a little just listing them by ranking, so we get to talk about a uh, gigantic ass whooping first. Um, remember how I interrupted myself on on Friday's podcast when I realized it was Georgia Tech and Clemson because I felt bad for Georgia Tech. I didn't see this type of ass whooping coming. 73-7, to Trevor Lawrence, 24-32, of 4-0-4, five touchdowns. Amari Rogers, who's having a breakout campaign, he went six for 161 and two touchdowns. Georgia Tech just at no point, at no point stood a chance in this game. It was over. It was over quick. Yeah, it was bad. Um, they scored that touchdown, and then that was it, literally. <laughs> um, Trevor Lawrence went absolutely crazy. I said he probably wasn't going to play a second half. He did not. But they still scored 21 points, even though they put in the punter for, like, the one of the last possessions. That is sad. It's like, oh, God. Um, but, man, Clemson is legit, man. They're clearly the best ACC team, uh, especially with Notre Dame and North Carolina struggling uh, against their opponents. Clemson is far and away the best team in the ACC and they might not have a challenge, honestly. They might not have a challenge. Yeah, I every time I look at like when when Clemson has a uh, a big like blowout game, and, and the backup quarterbacks get in, uh, I feel bad for for any college football announcer for like the next two or three years. It's gonna have to try to pronounce some of these names that that play quarterback for them, because they got DJ Ugalale. I think that's how you say it. And then I'm not even going to attempt the one that that went two of seven uh, this week. That that is that is my equivalent of Amen Agbog Bamiga. And you saw you've just seen that name, haven't you? Taysom, oh, sorry, Taysen. No, no, not going to try it. Not going to try it. No, no, I don't want to look like an asshole. Uh, but yeah, seventy-three to seven. Uh, oh my God, poor Georgia Tech. Poor, poor Georgia Tech. Uh, I hope the rest of their schedule. I don't think they'll give up 73 points their next three games. That one was was most certainly a blowout. Uh, this one came down to a bit of a blowout. This was uh, the one I got to, ca- uh, to catch the tail end of Alabama Georgia number two versus number three. Nick Saban was able to get that third coronavirus, um, te- you know, po- uh, sorry, negative test to be able to to, to get on the sidelines for this one. Georgia just kind of fell apart in the second half, man. They got shut out. Um, they were leading at the half. I think I, I came home at halftime. And it just, 
that defense, it was kind of bend but don't break for the first half, and then they just kind of broke in the second half. Uh, Tyson Campbell got just beat, just beat by, by Jalen Waddle. Uh, I know he fell down, but I think even if he, if he stays up, that ends up being a, a touchdown, uh, anyways. Uh, Mac Jones, another impressive game, 24 to 4 touchdowns. Najee Harris, 152 on the ground. Devontae Smith, welcome to the party, sir. 11 receptions, 167 and two touchdowns. Georgia, I mean, we were wondering how Alabama's offensive line would handle that pass rush. I don't think I heard Aziz Ojolari's name once. I don't think I heard Jordan Davis's name once. I heard Eric Stokes's name a couple of times. I heard Tyson Campbell uh, because he got beat a couple of times. Um, yeah, Alabama just outwilled them in the second half. Yeah, I said it was going to come down to Georgia's offense, and uh, it did. Uh, Stetson Bennett, the fourth. I just love saying this whole name because it just, <laughs> it's just funny. Um, oh, yeah, Zamir he, White's still not it. 10 carries, 57 yards. Yeah, not surprised by that. Um, yeah, man, Stetson Bennett. Great story. Uh, he definitely, you know, is, is saving Georgia's little situation right now because, you know, they, they kind of mismanaged if, if you're thinking about it. Um, Daniels wasn't ready at the beginning of the season. Jamie Newman left before they even got started. So, I mean, and then the the guy that was starting front, Stetson Bennett, he wasn't great. So that he really saved that quarterback room because right now they could be one and two. Yeah, they 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 just need JT Daniels to get healthy. I think. Yeah, I think it is time to to, to make that switch. Uh, and yes, I do realize that it's just one loss. But it, it it was they, a pretty they bad got, loss. They got outclassed. They, they got more coming too, so Yeah, it doesn't exactly get easy for them. So, Alabama. Um that defense really did shore up after a frankly scary game against uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. Um Yeah, Alabama's defense said enough with the, the BS. It came out to play, came out ready to play and forced turnovers. That's what they do. Um you know, it was just a solid effort all around. I don't think someone defensively really stood out that that much, um, but they were just solid all around um, and, and played very well in the secondary. So they limited the big plays after that big play to James Cook. Uh, their linebackers outside of Dylan Moses are <sighs> it's not looking that great. Well, they're freshmen, though. They're freshmen. Yeah. yeah. They're playing a yeah, lot they're, of young they're guys young. Yeah, they're young, but right now that is the weakness of their defense for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin, I don't know about you. I did not watch this next game. I watched. I didn't even watch the highlights of this game. Notre Dame beats now one in four Louisville. Man, Louisville's making me really, really regret saying they're going to be good. Twelve to seven. Oh, I was supposed to say something about the game. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Lee Cunningham had the most passing yards in this game at 132. Wow. Uh, yeah, Ian Book, 11 of 19 for 106. Uh, but he had 12 carries for 47 yards. Kyron Williams, though, the the, the small dude for uh, Notre Dame, 5'9", 195. Um, 
Given how Notre Dame classifies their players, he's either a true sophomore or redshirt freshman, because Notre Dame be one of those schools. Uh, so he's not draft eligible, but man, he, uh, 25 for 127. Yeah, he's been their best player offensively. Um, yes, yes, Because every, everything else has been hot garbage. Well, I mean, when you're, when your number one wide receiver is a Northwestern transfer. I, do we have a, I'm, I just don't want to talk about Notre Dame. I don't, I, I don't like, either. Like, I can, Eichenberg is great, but. Yeah, Liam Eichenberg has slid under the radar entirely. And the reason is, is no one's watching Notre Dame's offense because it's so offensive to watch. It's just so just, man, they're not winning the ACC with that BS. Let's be real. They're not winning the ACC. They're not playing like that. And like really soon, they're ranked like top five in the country now. They shouldn't have been. Well, yeah, I mean they are, but like they were fourth coming into this week, and they did not deserve fourth. This next game, Devin hurts to talk about. North Carolina, I was pulling for you. You've done so well all year. And then, I mean, pardon my language, Devin, but what the fuck? Florida State. So you're telling me the same Florida State team that so far has been beaten by Georgia Tech, got mud-stomped by Miami, and beat Jacksonville State by only 17 points before, well, losing to Notre Dame in an uninspiring game? The same team that can barely beat an FCS school by 17 points. They beat North Carolina, who was ranked fifth in the country. This is how I know, should have known we were in for, for a really messed up week of college football. Or sorry, just football in general. Uh, Sam Howell did everything he could, got the team back in the game. They were down like 31 to 7. They were just getting stomped. And he's got them leading on that last drive, and then three straight dropped passes. That, that right there is infuriating. Mac Brown now 0-10 all-time against Florida State. Uh, welcome to, welcome back to being a decent football player to Marvin Wilson. He blocked a punt. I actually had a pretty decent game, six tackles, uh, got some pressure as well. Uh, also, Josh Kando, the edge rusher from Florida State. Um, he has not done much in terms of actually getting pressure on the QB. He did, however, have a pick six. The rest of, the rest of Florida State, uh, I, I could not care less. Uh, I don't think they had Tamori and Terry in this game at all. They did not. Um, yeah. and, and they're the big reason why they're looking even better now is the quarterback, Jordan Travis. Uh, he's just running the ball over. He was running the ball over North Carolina last or two nights ago. Um, so it was it was crazy. So I don't know what's going on. Um, why North Carolina lost. I don't understand why Mac Brown can't beat Florida State. I don't know if he gets spooked or what, but it was disappointing for sure. 
Uh, I wasn't even really watching the game. I saw it, it was 31 to 7. I was like, what? What's going on? Men Why are they getting spanked? But Couldn't watching back the highlights, game, yeah. Couldn't watching back the highlights, I could see it. Um, if they're not balanced, they're not going to be able to play from behind that well. And obviously Sam Howell played out of his mind in the second half. But your receivers, I mean, it was crazy because that one receiver, he kept making ridiculous catches, but then they were dropping easy routine catches. It just didn't make sense. So they, I think they just got overwhelmed with the moment, I guess, even though Florida State hasn't been consistent in quite some time and have, haven't been competitive in quite some time too. So I don't know, man. College football is wacky. College football, this year is probably the wackiest year in a good decade or so. Yeah, also, Chaz Surratt has uh, cooled off a bit. He he kind of has. Uh, I think I think bit. he's cooled off since Jim Nagy said he might be the first linebacker taken. Yeah. Yeah, that, I like Jim Nagy, but that that, that was not. What? Oh, I, I thought he didn't play at first, but he had three tackles. Um, We sat here. On Friday, and you said you wanted Kellen Mond to go out and have back-to-back consistent games to put it all together, and he most certainly did not do that, Devin. 13 of 23 for 139, two touchdowns, and a pick six. It was there was a fault, pick though. six in this game, but Mississippi State got the pick six. Um, Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this, Deb, but for the Mississippi State faithful that were in my mentions not three weeks ago, for them to have, to, to quote-unquote win this, this hypothetical bet they've got with me, they need to win out. They need to win out. They're now one in three. Can we say bye-bye to, to, to Mississippi State? I, you know what? I would say we could say bye-bye, but they keep facing ranked teams, so they keep having to come up. Uh, KJ Costello benched the second straight week, threw another interception, no touchdowns, 15 of 22 for 99 yards. He has eight interceptions in the last three games. He has 10 on the season. Uh, Will Rogers came in, went 15 of 18 for 120. This, okay, so the team itself went 30 of 40 for 219. What is that? What am I supposed to do with that? That's an old school West Coast offense. No joke. Five yards a pop. Oh, oh, do you know what the best stat from this game is? Mississippi State as a team, 20 carries for minus two yards. Yeah. Uh, A&M, on the other hand, uh, Isaiah Spiller, another impressive game, 18 for 114, two touchdowns. Kellen Mond, you know, I said the stat line earlier. Um, man, he only, he only threw to four receivers. No uh, ball distribution at Texas A&M, apparently. No, none whatsoever. Uh, Errol Thompson, the linebacker from Mississippi State, had a good game. Um, he had 11 tackles. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, this this game was pretty missable. It was pretty missable, although Emmanuel Forbes, true freshman for uh, Mississippi State, uh, got his second pick on the season and took it to the house. So I guess good for him. Mississippi State, still garbage. Uh, Mike Leach, still not a good coach. 
Um, yeah, there's really not much say, more to say about that game. Uh, Mississippi State isn't good. They're not a good football team. No. Um, so we can move on from them. Yeah. Um, man, Pitt. I know that. Okay, let's talk about this next game. When we when we previewed it on Friday, we thought Brevin Jordan was good to go. We thought Kenny Pitt. Neither of those guys played. Yeah, that made my interest on this game go way lower, um, which sucks. But uh, Quincy Roche had himself a ball game, four tackles for loss. Uh, I believe he had a sack, second half maybe. Um, he played really, really well. Uh, so the, that was a bit of a, a – not a breakout game, but yeah, another solid game for him. He had half a sack. Um, he and Jalen Phillips continue to just get it done. Bubba Bolden, the safety for Miami, has really – Done a great job putting together his season so far. Um, Paris Ford had a pick, uh, which was really good to see. He's, again, playing out of his mind. DeMar Hamlin, 11 tackles, two for loss, a pass breakup. I mean, he he's putting in work. Uh, that's secondary for Pitt, not to be trifled with. Uh, but man, this was disappointing because like Pat Jones really wasn't much of a factor, didn't get a sack. Um, and that's the thing. Is he kind of reverting back to that? If he gets a sack, he gets like three. And if he doesn't, you just don't see him. And that kind of scares me. Uh, Pitt also 26 carries for 22 yards as a team. Just, and, and that's factoring in sack yardage as well, but. Pitt has been disappointing. Yeah, Kenny Pick is, um, he's been kind of their savior for that team. Yeah, Um, he's not, he's not great, but he's what that team needs. Yeah, so, Pitt, man, it's disappointing, but ACC, man, it's it's a lot better than people expected. Teams are a lot better. Uh, Miami is obviously better. Uh, NC State is better. I mean, you know, obviously they added Notre Dame. North Carolina is still better. So a lot of teams are improving. So you got to step up your game. I thought this was going to be the year where they were comp- competitive. I thought that they were going to be like the third or fourth team in the conference. And that, that has not happened. That has absolutely not happened. Uh, Hang on, my screen's frozen. I can't. Check the score of the next game. I always love when that happens, eh? Uh, next up, okay, let's laugh at Auburn some more. We we said that it was sad that they were favored by three and a half points against South Carolina. And South Carolina beat them by eight. Bo Nix, yet they let Bo Nix throw the ball 47 times. You're in trouble if he's throwing that much. <laughs> That's yes, for yes, sure. you are. By the way, he threw it 47 times. He uh, he had 272 yards. Um, he completed 24 of them. So, the, again, the accuracy way, 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 way off. Uh, God, I think he's only throwing like 53% for the year or something like that. Like, it's yeah, his, his completion percentage is bad uh let's see if i can find it 55 he yeah yeah we're not we're not doing the 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 bow nicks thing are we uh colin hill 
Uh, I've seen Twitter dunk on him because, well, he's not putting up numbers. But again, he's doing exactly what South Carolina needs him to do. Now, this South Carolina team is 2-2 two and two after starting 0-2. And, and you know what? They, I, It's because of the defense. Let's talk about J.C. Horn. Two picks, 34 uh, yards on the interception uh, returns, and he shut down Seth Williams. Seth Williams got two catches on him. One of them was big. And people were tweeting out that, like, Seth Williams is a problem. And then J.C. Horn was just like, nope, no, he's not. And then he saw what you tweeted, and then he came at you afterwards. That's correct. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, South Carolina uh, upsets Auburn. I didn't see how much this affected Auburn in, in the in, in the in the rankings, but I'm assuming they've probably dropped out now, right? Um, maybe. That's a possibility, uh, I'm but thinking... they... Yes, Auburn, Auburn did fall out, uh, because Marshall, NC State, and Coastal Carolina joined the rankings. Let's go! Marshall and NC State. I am big fans of all three of them. Um, Yeah, buddy, the Chanticleers. The Chanticleers are ranked, baby! Yeah, they're undefeated, too. Yes, they are. Yes, they they are. They are undefeated. Um... But yeah, Minnesota Auburn. moving up three three spots in the rankings is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. By the way, UNC we didn't mention this; they fell nine spots. Deservedly so, maybe even more. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But South Carolina they they put it to Auburn. Uh, we called it that Auburn was playing like trash. Uh, I think Gus Malzahn's seat is extremely hot right now. Uh, if they don't pull out a 500 record in in this year's, uh, he's gone. I think. Oh, he dude, might be gone. I think if if they don't go six and four, he's he's toast. Six and four is the minimum. He may still be gone at six and four. Yeah. Um, when it comes to to Auburn, though, we should have seen this coming. You know who Auburn's offensive coordinator is, right? Yeah. 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 Chad yeah. Morris, it's, right? Chad Morris, same guy that just got fired from Arkansas. Boy, uh, last thought yeah. though, I think J.C. Horn, man, uh, top five corner in this class for sure. Five are getting picked in the first round, man. Five of them, I promise you, because I I can tell you, Farley, Sertain, and uh, Sean Wade, those are your three that are pr- that were locks coming into the year, if you ask me. Horn and Stokes. Have just played so this year. I mean, the big knock on J.C. Horn coming into the year was, can he catch? No yeah. career picks. Two picks against Auburn and shut down their best receiver. Yeah. Who, in his own right, is getting top 50 buzz. Yeah, and also, though, uh, he did shut him down, but Seth Williams' quarterback is pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Get him to the next level where he's got a nice quarterback that can throw him the ball. So yeah, we, we're gonna be done talking about Auburn until they show us something. I said last week Jeremy Pruitt was a good coach, and Tennessee is not to be trifled with. Yeah, Devin, Devin has given me a big old thumbs down on that one. They got mud stomped. By by Kentucky, uh, 
And here's the thing. I watched this game back, and I still don't even really know how they... I mean, Jared Guarant... Okay, you said Jared Guarant, Guarant, uh, Garantano was going to have a good game. Going to go up. He went... He did... He was 14 of 21, so that's pretty good. But he only threw 88 yards, no picks, and two... Uh, sorry, sorry, no touchdowns, two picks. And at a QBR, according to Tennessee... Uh, sorry, according to ESPN... Are you ready for this one, Devin? 4.4. Yeah. Yeah. The running game was there for Tennessee, but they needed to pass. They needed, they, you need to be able to pass the ball. Um, unless you're Kentucky because Terry Wilson went 12 of 15 for 101 and a touchdown. Kentucky's defense is just so good, man. Yeah, they're good. They're Talk legit. about DeAndre Square, Jamar Watson, their guys at corner. Oh, they're loaded. Quinton Bo- uh, Bohana, he, you know, he's not going to sh- show out on the stat sheet, but the guy gets a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of push going his way. It helps being three hundred and seventy pounds, but I mean that off. Tennessee's offensive line struggled again. Yeah, it's not doing good for K. Mays and Trey Smith's uh, no, draft Trey stock Smith's right not now. Played that well this year. It's disappointing. Um, but I'll tell you which line did play well, and that's Kentucky's line. Hey, uh, I Drake you Jackson, bro. Yes, he was throwing people, literally throwing people. The first play of the game, actually, if you look at the first play for Kentucky, he literally blocked the guy and he just threw him. It's just like wow. Uh, he was moving people, Landon Young, man, uh, one of the best senior tackles. Um, they, they have a really solid offensive line and, and that right allows them, yeah, it allows them to, to move the ball, uh, with consistency and Terry Wilson has time to throw all the time. So that's, if, if Terry Wilson was a, a higher level quarterback, Kentucky might be the best team in SEC East, if we've been, if we've been honest, he might be. If they have uh, some sort of offense, man, yeah. they they will be dangerous. Man, this this next game, I thought this was going to be close, but no. After last week, Virginia Tech was taking absolutely no chances. Boston College, who had we'd said, you know, they either win or when they in their one loss, they kept it close. It's gonna it's gonna be the same way. No. No, was absolutely not the same way. Virginia Tech beat the shit out of them, forty to fourteen. Uh, Hendon Hooker, yeah, you look at the stats in the air; it's not impressive. Eleven to fifteen, one hundred and eleven yards. But then you look at the at the at the two headed monster uh, that they have uh, running the ball: Khalil Herbert, one hundred and forty three yards; Hendon Hooker, uh, one hundred was it 168 yards? 164 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, they got up to a big lead. Phil Dracovic did his best to, uh, to bring Boston College back. Just wasn't enough. I want to talk about Christian Derrissaw again. Pro football, uh, sorry, PFF College has said that the best player in the SEC, uh, sorry, the ACC this year, none other then Christian Derrissaw. They have him as higher, like higher graded than Trevor Lawrence. Let's go. 
Yes, you, things you love to see for a thousand, Alex. Uh, man, Virginia Tech needed a good bounce back after last week's game against North Carolina, and they got it. Uh, they just destroyed Boston College. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, you talked about your guy, Christian Derisaw. Uh, my guy on, a, on that offensive line is Brock Hoffman. He played really well, too. Um, I don't know if he comes out this year, but even if he does, I think maybe he's a, a fourth, fifth round pick at, at best, but he can improve it even more if he stays and, and goes back another year. But uh, that offensive line, man, they, they got some really talented offensive lines across the country. Virginia Tech is up there. Uh, Kentucky. Alabama has a solid offensive line, so they got they got some really good offensive lines out there. Um, and Virginia Tech is definitely one of them. I think every every game they're going to be in because of their offensive line. You know, now it comes down to whether they have playmakers. And now, if you account for Virginia Tech's last couple weeks uh, with Hendon Hooker at, at the helm, they've the offense has been buzzing. Uh, second half against North Carolina, they really showed out. And then this week against Boston College, they showed out. So they could they could be one of the top teams at ACC potentially. Maybe a Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to be Clemson, obviously. But well, we, they, hey, they, they face Clemson. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see though. I think it's going to be a lot better game than people expect though. It's going to be a a good test for uh, Christian Darrisaw, especially for his draft stock, um, and then Khalil Herbert as well. Yep. All right, switching over to the NFL. This was not a good uh, week for my game picks. I've been killing it all year, and I knew that that wall was coming eventually, and it just so happened to be this week that that that, that wall got hit. Now, obviously, Chiefs and Bills haven't played yet. Cardinals and Cowboys haven't played yet, but, man, the rest of this week was very up and down. Um, I got more games incorrect this week than I have in the past two weeks combined. So, so it was abysmal, man. It was uh, it, it was, was just a terrible a week of week. football. It was just here's a bad the thing. Week. So I I worked from one thirty to about ten thirty yesterday, and legitimately, I got home. I threw on game day highlights, and you know it's a bad week when they show highlights from like three games. Like that was it. They showed highlights of like the Rams, Niners, the Eagles, Ravens. And like the the Bucks and, and 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 Packers, and that was it. They did not show highlights of any other game because it was just that bad. They showed like maybe three plays of some of these other games. Like legitimately, I did not see highlights at all of Falcons Vikings of Bengals Colts nothing. Uh, the one that they 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 kept showing was Titans and Texans. So why don't we lead off there? Probably the only good game this week is in tight. <laughs> um, yeah. So remember how Houston couldn't move the ball with Bill O'Brien as head coach? Turns out that getting rid of Bill O'Brien has kind of woken up that offense. It hasn't helped because they're now one in five. Tennessee, I said it would happen. They'd win. There'd be more mythological DJ Khaled-esque bullshit about us versus them and that whole boogeyman bullshit. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry, 212 yards. Ryan Tannehill, one over three, one over three fifty, uh, 42 to 36. You could just see it in Deshaun Watson's reaction at the coin toss. He knew he wasn't getting the ball. And Tennessee, they're not five and out whether we like it or not. 
Yeah, I mean, there's deserved hate that goes towards them, uh, especially the way that they handled the COVID situation. Uh, but they have handled business on the field when they're on the field. Uh, there's no denying that. You know, they stomped the Bills last week, you know, in a weird Tuesday night game. And then uh, this weekend, they edged out the Texans. So uh, the Titans are something, are a team to really be reckoned with, and it sets up an undefeated matchup between us, the Steelers and Titans next week, uh, which should, should be a really, really good game. Um, but, yeah, Derrick Henry, man, I think it's time we start having a conversation. He might be the best running back in the NFL this year. He might um, be. I think, I think it's time to have that conversation. Uh, obviously, I think Alvin Kamara is in the conversation, but – there's really not too many running backs that have been playing out of their minds this year. Uh, Dalvin Cook as well when he's healthy, but uh, it's really a short list, and, and man, Derrick Henry might be the top of it. And I know people are like, oh, he just played the Texans, but he does this every year. You know? He does he this does every this. week. Yeah, he, he he makes people look silly. So I don't understand, man. The Texans could not tackle worth a damn uh, at all in that last drive. Uh, I mean, they they just could not tackle this man. <laughs> like anytime he touched the ball, he was like he broke like five tackles. So uh, it's disappointing for the tight. I mean, the Texans. Um, but man, I mean, they had a uphill climb, honestly. So I don't know, you know, what what more to do for the Texans. I mean, Deshaun Watson is literally doing everything he can, and you lose the coin toss. He already knew what time it was. <laughs> He knew what time it was, so that's why you're just sitting on the bench at the end of the game. It just sucks. Yeah. Um. Jeez, I think we can probably get through some of these NFL games pretty quickly. Bengals and Colts. Phillip Rivers turns back the clock a little bit. 29 of 44, 371, th- uh, three touchdowns. Joe Burrow needs an offensive line, man. He just, he just, he needs an offensive line. They're gonna get this poor kid killed. Legitimately, he's got no protection. None. None at all. Um, like Jonah Williams is their best offensive lineman, and that's not saying much. And he because he hasn't played well. Uh, sure, you can say he only got sacked twice, got hit six times, got hurried all day long. It's a good thing he's good at football, man. Don't let the the no touchdowns, one interception fool you. Like this team is being carried by Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks. Uh, straight up, it sucks. I mean, we knew he was going to be in a tough situation, but, man, I did not expect it to be this bad. It has been monumentally bad. I It just it sucks because there's nothing that he can do. He's uh, being protected by Bobby Hart and Billy Price, so we should have seen this coming. Yeah, I mean, but it's just disappointing, and it's just, you just feel bad for the guy because he's literally doing everything he can. He's running for his life every play. So let's hope the Bengals draft, like, three offensive linemen in this upcoming draft and get very quality offensive linemen. Hopefully they're in the market for uh, Panay Sewell. Uh, maybe get a Rashawn Slater if Panay Sewell doesn't work out. you got to get somebody to protect him. Uh, cause he, he's, he's struggling right now because he can, he has barely any time to throw. So let's hope that, uh, they get it right, man. And the Bengals have put a better product on the field. They had a big lead too. Uh, I believe they were up 24-7 or something like that on the Colts, but just blew it. 
Yeah, yeah, they had a uh, they had a lead, they blew it. Um, damn it, Bengals just they need to get together, man. Okay, so we saw with the Texans that firing a bad head coach, at least in the immediate future, it, it it's worked. Same thing can be said for the Falcons. Now, I had said two weeks ago that I was never going to pick the Falcons again until they showed me something other than complete abject failure. I picked them in this game because I felt like Raheem Morris had, as a coach, what that team needs. And he does. He absolutely does. They beat the Vikings 40-23. to The Falcons, like, their defense actually played well under Raheem Morris. So, hey, listen, I don't know if it's going to be enough to keep him as an interim coach. We'll see how they finish. But I'll tell you, if he doesn't, like, it, like if he still hits the open market, he's going to be a high-level, def- like, a highly sought-after defensive coordinator. I know the Vikings are still trash, and, and we'll talk about, about the Vikings in a second. Pour one out for Tyler Fornis. Uh, man, the Vikings are just so bad. Yeah, they're bad. Um, and let's be honest, man. Uh, the Falcons are pretty bad too, but they, they found a way to win, man. Uh, the Vikings outbatted them. Yeah. The, for some reason, Julio Jones, like, fuck it. I, I want to play. <laughs> he would not play with Dan Quinn. I don't know if you know us, but the last two weeks that Dan Quinn was the head coach, he was like, I'm not playing. He's like, nah, I'll sit out this week. So I think people just got tired of Dan Quinn. Uh, he went out very classy, by the way, you know, sent the letter to, you know, the, the fans of Atlanta. Very classy guy, very stand-up guy. Anyone that talks bad about him as a person, uh, you know, does not deserve any football team that you're a fan of. Um, he's that great of a guy, but not a great head coach. Uh, but he'll be a DC somewhere else, I think. I think team be, will pick him. You, you know what? I think one of these teams in college that needs like desperate help on defense, like a Florida, like can you imagine uh, if like Dan Mullen leaves Florida for like an NFL job, like Dan Quinn, I could see him being the, the, the head coach there. Yeah, so he'll he'll get another job somewhere else. But Falcons finally put together a full game, uh, didn't blow a lead. So I know they good. had a double digit lead and kept it. Yeah, surprising. Uh, they were up thirty-four to seven, I think, heading into the last quarter. <laughs> so they were like, uh, "They got scared." <laughs> they got scared. The fans, the fans are like, "Oh no, not again!" No, here we go. But, uh, they they finished out Minnesota. They just have no heart right now. Uh, they just they they just can't do it, man. Um, Dalvin Cook literally saved that team. Literally, because Kirk Cousins, when he has to throw the ball. Like straight up, we know how he is. He's not good. So if he's not operating off a of play action, not good. So Vikings, uh, I think they draft the quarterback, man. I think yeah. they really draft the quarterback this off season because they they have not done themselves any favors. Because if Kirk Cousins would have had a season-ending injury, they would have been even more screwed because yep. they they just have no depth at the quarterback position. This is a game that's been previewed by us, I think, two or three times before. The Broncos and the Patriots. Thank God the starting quarterbacks were Drew Locke and, and Cam Newton. It could not save the viewers of this game from a very boring football game. 
What was it, 18 to 12 final? 18 to 12. And all of Denver's points were off of field goals. Yep. It was bad. Um, now, I saw the funniest thing. I saw Patriots fans saying that the reason they lost is they hadn't been on the field in two weeks. That's true. They only had two practices in the last two weeks, like I actual know, but, practices. I know, but Denver ain't played in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's why it was just a sloppy game all around. It, it, um, it sucked. It sucked. Man. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really no way else to put it. It, it just sucks. That game exemplified this week. Yeah, that was the uh, direct definition of this week because the Bucks and, and Packers got real snoozy real fast because yeah. it was the Green Bay went up, you know, Aaron Rodgers was showboating, and that was the last time they scored. <laughs> that was that was actually gonna be I was that wasn't gonna be the next game I go into, but since you mentioned it, yeah, uh, Gronk his first touchdown of the year. He actually had a good game. He did. He did. He had a good game. Uh, man, uh, Rogers throws a pick six. Uh, it was just a, Ronald Jones has gotten it going. Yeah, people were doubting him and saying, you know, is he actually good and whatnot, but. He's already got more rushing yards than he had in his first 16 NFL games. So. Yeah. Third in the NFL in rushing so far. He's turning it around. Uh, the Packers, they gotta, they're, they're going to have to bounce back from this. Uh, what do they have this what, it reminds me so much. They of have the, the Texans next, so they'll be fine. Yeah. It reminds me so much of the playoff game against the 49ers last year. They yeah. just got dominated. Just dominated. And yeah. they lost uh, Batiari, too. Uh, oh, so I don't know how long he's going to be out, but this is what happens when you draft a quarterback as the 27th overall pick when there's a lot of receiving help on the board. Uh, but, hey, what do I know about team building? I, I know nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then you don't even play said 27th pick when you're getting much stuff. So what I know? Why was this next game given to us, Devin? Why did we have to watch Washington and, and the Giants? The battle of who wanted the number one pick, to be honest. Or number two, I should say. Because the Jets are the Jets have locked in. Oh, we'll, <laughs> locked talk, in about their Jets. we'll talk about the Jets. <laughs> I had said that I was picking Washington because I needed to pick a team, a team that was less of an embarrassment. Well, they still were an embarrassment because they have Kyle Allen as their starting quarterback, so. What the leading rusher in this game was Daniel Jones. I don't even think that's the biggest storyline. The biggest storyline is the Giants bitching, benching Andrew Thomas for Matt Pert. What? That is the biggest storyline, in my opinion, wow. in this game. Really? Yeah. Ah. And, and he had the highest grade for the Giants yesterday, too. Was he that bad? Apparently. He, he just... Or is Joe Judge like just that useless? Because, like, everything that I've heard from the Giants is that, like, literally everything he does is just like, man, what are you doing? I, I wish I knew, man. I really Devin, can I ask you a serious question about this next game? I'm scared. Go ahead. Why do I have to spend my Sundays eating tiramisu while listening to Seether to get over Eagles games? You know the craziest, craziest thing about. You know the craziest thing about Eagles, the Eagles, man. They just 
when they need they to always die, they don't, and then when they need to play well, they don't. It's like they do just enough to make you stay a fan, but they still are not good. Like uh, they're not a good football team. No, but they no. do. They do just enough to make games interesting. It was just like, enough. It was like twenty four to six or something. I'm like, okay, well that's over. And then you texted me, and I was still at work. I wasn't even on my break. And you texted me like, yo, Eagles got a chance to, to tie the game. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then I believe I I I I, I said some things in the group chat that are not appropriate for the uh, <laughs> for the podcast. Not like I haven't cussed on this podcast before. Um, Hell, I think I did earlier, you know, in these NFL games. You did. (laughs) Um, And then the Eagles scored, and I'm like, yeah, let's go! And then they decided to run a a zone read with Carson Wentz as a two-point conversion. It just failed miserably. And and that has been the Eagles' season to this point. They're 4-1. 1-4-1. You know what the sad thing is? They're like a game out of the out of the league in the, in the NFC East. Carson Wentz, another bad game. Twenty one. I know I'm, he's got no one to throw to. I know he's got no one to throw to. But come on, twenty one of forty. No he, I don't know what a Travis Fulgham is. Listen, but I he, know he's, he's playing himself into a contract. I know. I don't know what he is. But but he is the, the the team's number one wide receiver. Zach Ertz is hurt. Which by the way, that's great when he's going into a contract season. I think Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard is hurt too. You're still into the third string tight end. Richard Rogers, put some respect on the Cal graduate. No, absolutely oh. not. Because if you ask Packer fans about him, they despise that. Oh, man. I know. I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, Miles Sanders got hurt because, of course, um. I I swear there was a there was a tweet that I retweeted and now can't find of just like all of the injuries that Phillies had just on offense just on offense. Well, look, I mean Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rieger, uh, that's just from receivers. Um, I mean you got your your top three receivers out there is Travis Fulgham, uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Ray Gord. Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rieger, uh, Dallas Goddard, Andre Dillard, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Siamalu, Jason Peters. And we have five injured offensive linemen. And he still and they still only lost by two. Is it's truly a miracle? Actually, hang on. No, I didn't even count that right. Six injured offensive linemen. We got backups at offensive line that are hurt. And I still see this tweet saying, "Can we put to 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 bed the debate that that uh, Wentz is a better quarterback than Goff? Can you imagine Jared Goff playing behind this offensive line? I am a Jared Goff fan through and through. I have always liked him more than Carson Wentz. Jared Goff would die behind this offensive line. I don't think the Eagles. I think." Carson Wentz being mobile is a disadvantage to him because now they're not even trying to get offensive alignment in there. Because yeah, I can, know. We've got a rugby player playing left tackle. So I think Jared Goff, honestly, if you pick Jared Goff, your, your offensive line might be the best in the NFL because I guarantee they would have built around him. 
Yeah, that here's the thing. I've said it before. Howie doesn't value offensive line, which doesn't make sense, especially when you're paying a quarterback like $34 million a season. I just don't understand what GMs are thinking when you trot out a subpar offensive line. What do you think is going to happen? Like Deshaun Watson, that, what do you think is going to happen? happen? The Cincinnati Bengals, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> like, I don't understand where are they thinking. Like, I, I, the bi- two biggest needs for the Eagles are linemen and linebackers because their linebackers are god awful. Saddest group of fucks. The saddest group of fucks. I love how Browns fans are upset at being four and two right now. That's a great position to be in. <laughs> yeah, I would trade that for being one four and one. I, I don't. They're like, Listen. oh my god, this Browns team is. Yes, okay, you got stomped by Baltimore in the in the season opener. The season opener for every team is going to be ugly, and then. Pittsburgh just showed you that they're still they're still big man on campus. Let's be real, that team is not ready yet. They're just no, not, they're not ready. ready. They're just not ready. It's they just plain be, and simple. They will be a good eight and eight, nine and seventeen. That may They'll be, be like fringe playoff. Maybe. Yeah, they're not ready for that leap, and here's one of the reasons why. Baker Mayfield is a quarterback you can win with. Not win because of. Pittsburgh shut down that rushing attack, and Cleveland had no answer. Baker couldn't do anything. Well, it also doesn't help when you're paying Jack Conklin all that money he's getting his ass whooped by uh, T.J. Watt. So No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I feel like Jedrick Rose held up pretty okay. You know, he obviously didn't win every battle against Bud Dupree, but Jack Conklin, man, oh, my God. They paid him how much? Baker had no help, and then he got murdered, and his ribs were destroyed. Cam Hayward, like, murdered him right before the end of the half. So that was kind of the big thing there. Uh, Steelers, man, they don't have to do a bunch when that defense is playing like that. They don't have to do a bunch. Also, also, all hail Mapletron. I heard that nickname for Chase Claypool. I don't know if I like it yet. He wanted to be Eric Canada, but that's Vince Carter. So. That's Vince, man. You can't. Yeah. So uh, uh, I think it'll stick. It'll stick. Obviously. It'll stick. But he uh, he's a freak. He's a he's a freakish athlete. Yeah. And people thought he should be a tight end. Yeah. Okay. Can, can I can I tell you an embarrassing Chase Claypool story from Mobile? <laughs> What's up? So when Chase was down there, everybody thought that he was going to be. Like he was there to work out as a tight end. They were they were gonna ask him about his special teams work. It was all before he blew up the combine and nobody could shut up about him. And where you and I used to write, um Chase was available during media availability. And we decided as a unit we weren't going to interview Chase because, and this is not this is not to to throw our old boss under the bus. I agreed with this statement. Why would we waste our time interviewing a special teamer? Yep. 
Yep. And then I was told I couldn't interview him because what would we talk about anyways? Back in the day, we our moose. Yeah, Chase Playpool is one of the best young receivers in the league already. Is he this year's DK Metcalf? And <laughs> that everyone's just like, man, how did you fall again? Although everyone thought that Chase Claypool was a reach at the time. Hmm. You you gotta trust the Steelers when they take receivers at the. You really they take do. Them. He was one of those where the moment he was drafted by the Steelers, like, well, I guess he's just good now. He's just good because I had Chase Claypool as a wide receiver sixteen. I did. I I had a fourth round grade on him, but I mean, I had him behind Donovan Peoples Jones, who went in round six. I had him behind Courtney Davis, who went undrafted. Whew. Whew. Uh, Gabriel Davis, who went in the third round, I believe, as well. And KJ Hamler. Those are the guys who went around him. And then guys like Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, LaVisca Chanel, Jalen Rieger. They were all off the board, so I looked good with that. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, he's just balled out. He has just balled out. I love it. I, I absolutely well, love it. Well, the thing is, like, the way they use him is not just, like, a straight-up outside receiver. Like, they use his speed. Yeah. And I think that teams forget to use players' speed sometimes. Uh, when you're drafting a player like that, get him out on the edge. Let him make plays. He showed at Notre Dame that he's extremely athletic, and he can make plays. And to me... I think we're so quick sometimes to try to move people positions. You know what I'm saying? Like people try to make Justin Jefferson an inside receiver, you know, when he really wasn't receiver. Um, He just so happened to play that in the system. So I think that for people, it really comes down to you need to really do your evaluation and understand that what type of player you're getting yourself, you know, that that's why you're still upset about the Jalen Rieger thing because what did he really show in college that showed him he should be a first round pick? You know what I'm saying? Like he's speedy, but he really doesn't have the you know um, extremely uh, nuanced uh, route, route running. You know he takes the top off of defenses and whatnot. So it, it just didn't make sense. For for me, in my opinion, especially when you have Deshaun Jackson still on a roster, like I get what you're trying to get at, but that wasn't the biggest need, you know, at the time. So I hate to pick on the Eagles, you know. I no, don't do, because I do it but, every week. But uh, the Steelers understood what they needed. Um, Juju was not a deep, like a deep threat like Claypool is. Neither was Deontay, Deontay Johnson or James Washington. Uh, they're they're all solid receivers they're that have four deep at wideout, and they're all good. Yeah, that that's what makes it scary is that Big Ben is at his age and he's still dealing, you know. So imagine if they actually get a quarterback behind Big Ben that is competent and that can play well. They could be dangerous for years to come. They could. All right. Uh, Bears are now, according to Twitter, the worst 5-1 team of all time. They beat the Panthers 23-16. Nick Foles is just doing enough to get it done. Defense steps in. This game really, again, wasn't that interesting. Teddy Bridgewater picked off twice, though. 
Yeah, uh, it was a rough game. Uh, I think I think it's time we stop disrespecting the Bears. I'm gonna stop disrespecting them because I I definitely wasn't I think that crowd. <laughs> in like every week, pretty much every time they get come, I'm, I'm like ah, uh, I'm like ah, uh, the Bears don't matter. But now they're serious. Uh, yeah. they might they might win NC North. Dude, they I might picked, win it. I picked them to I I've picked them to lose. Uh. Every week, except against the Falcons. Like, since I made that an article in week three. I picked them to, to lose to the Colts, and they did. I picked them to lose to, the, to Tampa, and they didn't. I picked them to lose to the Panthers, and they didn't. They're legit, and I think they have another big game up ahead next week as I'm taking a look at their schedule. They're first in the NFC North. Uh, yeah, they're at the Rams. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, that's that's gonna be really, really good. Um, man, but look, kudos the, to the, the Bears. You know what? Their offense is still meh personified, but that defense, that defense will win them games. Reminds me a lot of their Super Bowl run back yeah. in '06. Uh, offense was not good at all. They had Rex Grossman at quarterback. Um, <laughs> But they they get it done. Uh, that's how you. That's how good teams get it done. Uh, Matt Nagy uh, still don't love what he's doing, but the defense is playing well. Um, and man, Mitch Trubisky got to go. He's yeah. got to go. He's done. Um, let's talk about the Sunday Nighter quick because there's some some games I want to talk about more. Uh, the Rams just kind of outclassed by the Niners. They got up early. Kind of kept the, the the foot on the gas. Twenty four to sixteen. George Kittle seven catches, one hundred nine yards and a touchdown. This team is powered by George Kittle. George Kittle's like George Kittle is this offense. Yeah, he he's pretty much all they got right now. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy G fans want him out. Um. They just want them Niners done. fans flip back and forth as yeah. to whether or not they like Jimmy Garoppolo on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, he's not great, in my opinion, but they should have known what it was uh, when when they got him. I mean, he is a system QB personified. So I don't think, like you said, he's exactly like Baker Mayfield. Uh, you can win with him, but you don't win because of him. Uh, and that showed in Super Bowl. He had chances to, to beat Kansas City. And really since that loss, they haven't been the same team. Uh, I believe they sit at three and three now, right? After uh, beating the Rams. Yeah. So, uh, that's great, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's great, you know, but at the end of the day, man, uh, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. It really is. Uh, you got, the Seahawks, obviously, they beat the Rams, but the Rams are still a good football team. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to come out of the NFC, uh, especially with the three-headed race in the NFC South as well with Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Um, it, it's going to be real tough for them. Uh, all right. I want to talk about this next game, not because it was a good game, but just because I just want to say I'm glad Matt Patricia finally woke up and realized that DeAndre Swift exists and that he should get not only snaps, but should get the ball. 14 for 116, two touchdowns, 
Lions win. I know it was against the Jaguars, but Listen, they, they still won. I was mad because I have DeAndre Swift in fantasy. And, and he didn't him. do a damn thing the first couple weeks I started him. And then, of course, when I benched him in for Antonio Gibson, which was a, a big mistake, he went off for 27 points. Well, so. here's the thing, man. Like, for weeks, Matt Patricia was like, nope, I got to give 36-year-old Adrian Peterson the ball. The answer to that question is absolutely no, you do not. I understand. Do they do it because of ego or do they do it? Just because they spite rookies. <laughs> yes. Yes. The answer to that question is yes. <laughs> um, it, it, just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. The Jags still suck. They're one in five. Remember when they people were talking about after week one, like, well, maybe the Jags aren't in the hunt for the first pick. And maybe uh, Gardner Minshew, yeah. maybe Gardner Minshew staves off. What, 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 do, what do they do about that? Do, do you think they draft the quarterback or what? Yes. Yes. Who, who though? Because I don't think. I mean, obviously Lawrence is going to the Jets. Well, yeah, no, 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 no. we're going to talk about that team in a second. <laughs> Lawrence will be gone. Washington, the Giants. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know this team could realistically go like four and twelve and pick fifth. But <laughs> what if they lose out all those the three? top three quarterbacks and have to pick between Trask, Wilson, or somebody else. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> then do they pick or do they have to wait another year? And wait for wait try, to get, try to get Howell. Yeah, you know what? I'll say this. So, if the Jags... Let's say we land in a situation where the, where the Jets... Let's say the... I was going to say the name that they used to go by uh the team that that plays its home games in the beautiful suburbs of landover maryland um and the giants pick one two three or maybe not the giants let's say the vikings or whatever those first three picks those are quarterbacks that means if the jags are picking like fourth penny sewell is there because you know the Giants of Gettleman's still around, which he probably still will be because it's the Giants. They'll pick Micah Parsons because of his infatuation with linebackers. This is true. Which means that Penny Sewell could go like fourth or fifth overall. That's scary. Yeah. And then next year, if you're still trash, you just Sam Howell... Jerkovich from uh, from Boston College, Jaden Daniels, Keaton Slovis. Those are your probably your top four for next year. Yeah, I mean, that you feel most comfortable with. Uh, the moral of the story is the Jags suck. I said this game was going to be watched by seventeen people, and I think it was maybe watched by about like it. The attendance was like seven thousand, but like I think. 14 of those people actually paid attention to the game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's finish this week with the best game of the week. The Miami Dolphins beat the tar out of the hapless Jets. Joe Flacco. Elite. 
Did did he pass did he pass Joe Montana on the all time list? For what? Or for passing yards. I I honestly have no clue. I did not watch I don't only I only watched the last three minutes of the game. He's either close or he's already passed him, which just shows that the evolution of NFL offenses. I watched the last three minutes of this game because Tua entered the yeah, game. Yeah, that's the big takeaway from this game that Tua made his de- made his debut. His Tua- second his second pass was a strike. Yes, sir. That is that is the accuracy we were looking for. Miles Gaskin, ladies and gentlemen. I did not think that he would be the lead back in this offense. Or any offense in twenty. Or any offense. I mean Matt Breda is there. Didn't they didn't they trade like a fifth for him? Yep. And Gaskin wasn't in this past year's class, right? He was twenty nineteen. Was he? I thought he was a couple years ago. Gaskin, Gaskin, Gaskin. Yeah, he was 2019. Miles Gaskin was running back 17 on my board in uh, in 2019. There are some names that legitimately I don't think I've actually stepped on an NFL field uh, that I had ranked ahead of him at running back. Because I don't think I've seen Travion Williams from A&M. I haven't seen Karan Higdon from Michigan. I haven't seen Devine o- uh, Ozebo from uh, Nebraska. I've barely seen any of Justice Hill. I don't think I've seen any of Rodney Anderson. Ryquell Armstead got passed over in uh, Jacksonville. Dexter Williams, I haven't seen him. Then Daryl Henderson, Benny Snell, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, and Josh Jacobs. That Oh, and there's also Mike Weber from Ohio State, who I think is on the Cowboys. But regardless, Miles Gaskin... Miles freaking Gaskin has been playing insane. I am doing everything I can to avoid saying the inevitable, but why not? Let's talk about the Jets. This team sucks so bad. This team is absolutely atrocious. Let's take a look at at their stats for this game. Why don't we? This team is a joke. Uh, You know what? The stats aren't, aren't awful. Uh, Joe Flacco uh, completing less than 50% of his passes is hilarious. Um, yeah, everything about this team uh, sucks. Um, Steve McClendon has already been traded. Uh, they legitimately finished that game and then traded him to the Bucks. So he goes from the worst team possibly. Can I? This isn't even the fun type of 0-16 that, like, the Browns were a couple years ago. This is the 0-16 that the Lions were. Like, this team just has no idea what they're doing. There's no promise. Like, when you watch the Browns go 0-16, you're like, well, there's still some decent players on this team. They're going to be okay going forward. That is not the case with, with this Jets team. Just burn it. Just burn the whole team. See, this, the New York Jets are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL and that they've been completely fail, complete failures for 50 plus years, have made the playoffs a couple of times and their fans, well, Leafs fans can't shut up every time they make the playoffs. The Jets fans, when they did make the playoffs, realized that it was more of a fluke and when they're bad, they just have no hope. Yeah, um, the Jets, man, it's a poorly run organization. Top down, so bad. It, it's poorly run. Um, everything about them is bad right now. Uh, there is no 
honestly, they they got a clean house ASAP. Uh, I understand what they're doing at this point. Basically, they're going to leave Adam Gase in the fold until they secure that number one pick, which I think is smart. But at the same time, they are destroying some of those mindsets in that locker room. So when yep. they actually get legit players in there, they're going to immediately mold into what everyone else is thinking. So they're at a, a tough crossroads right now. Uh, they have to really decide if they want to uh, wage the future of their, you know, um, of their talent and what they have, or do they just want to continue to to suck? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to leave the Jets game for last. I had to. In true Jets uh, fashion, they're the last team talked about. Uh, that's going to do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can follow Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at BigShotsPod. And until next time, see you later.